and welcome to the Apex Perspective. My name is Francisco and I am your host for your, for the episode today. And today we got a very special episode for you guys. We're going to be talking all about comic book movies. And to do that, I am joined by one of the Apex Pack Openings members. I am joined by no one else, Leo. Yes, sir. Thank you, Frank, for having me. I'm excited to be here on yet another episode of the Apex Perspective. Uh, we're talking about superhero movies today. And man, this is right up our alley. We're huge you know, superhero fans. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to be here today. Thanks, Frank. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for being here with me, Leo. And we're going to be uh, talking all about comic book movies today, as we mentioned. Uh, so I'm going to pass it back over to Leo because he's going to list off all the movies that have come out this year, this 2023 uh, calendar year. So at the moment of recording, it is October. And so we have uh, seven movies. And why don't you give us the order, Leo? Or this is the order we're going to be talking about the movies as well. And so uh, give us a quick order of the movies, Leo, and then we'll jump right into the first movie. Yes, sir. Thank you, Frank. Uh, so we started off the year. Uh, for This is just superhero movies. We have one that's kind of a superhero movie. It's uh, and that's a big IP. Uh, we'll get there in a sec. But we started off the year back in February. We had Ant-Man and the Wasp, Mania. That movie came out on February 17th. Uh, moving into March, we had Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the sequel to the original Shazam. Uh, we had Guardians of, the Go- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 on May 5th. And then in June, June was a busy month, uh, we had Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse on June 2nd. A week later, Transformers Rise of the Beasts. This is the one I was referencing that's kind of a superhero movie. Kinda, you can kind of call it a superhero IP, but kind of not, so... Uh, but we're going to include it in this list for today and moving on a week later after that. So June was a busy month. Uh, the Flash came out. And then just recently we had Blue Beetle. So those were the seven movies that came out uh, so far at the time of recording. We've got two more on the way. Uh, we've got the Marvels, which is scheduled to release uh, November 10th. And then Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom, the sequel to... Uh, Aquaman, and that will be coming out December 25th. So we've got two movies left to go, but we're going to be ranking the first seven movies of this year so far. That's right. And so let's get right into the first one, though. The first one was, of course, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Uh, this movie, uh, well, we each have our thoughts. I'm going to let, uh, let you go first, and then I'll come in and just kind of uh, either summarize or agree or disagree with what you're, with what you're about to say. So go for it, Lil. You got it, yeah. So, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania, it was okay for me. Um, I feel like it had a pretty lackluster ending. Um, So the whole point of this movie, you know, we're supposed to be introduced to Kang as the big bad of the MCU. And just to have, spoilers, FYI, for any of these movies that we're talking about today, we're going to be talking about some spoilery stuff. Um, So yeah, just having him be defeated at the end of the movie by a bunch of ants felt kind of like... Like, okay, this was supposed to be, like, the big bad, you know. He's this all-powerful guy. Um, but I, f- I feel like the the ending itself felt a little lackluster. I feel like it maybe they had had Scott Lang get stuck down there and, you know, we set free Kang, that kind of thing. I feel like the movie would have been a little more impactful. Um, and at the time of recording, Loki Season 2, the first episode just came out, I think, last week. And I think the first episode of that alone did a better job of, you know, setting up Kang to be this big, powerful, powerful bad guy. Um, so I think eh, it left a little to be desired, desired for Ant-Man. So 
Uh, this is probably towards the bottom of my list for the year, but I mean, it's an MCU movie, and I think we've I've got a little bit of bias for the MCU, so um, not great, but also not terrible either. Like right down the middle. I have to agree with you right there, Leo. Uh, Ant Man and the this Ant Man movie, uh, it was something. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, but I do agree with you. The ending kind of felt a little uh, lackluster. It just like, oh, the hero is saved. And, you know, I from the rumors, you know, before the movie came out, we've seen uh, there was some spoilers and um, they were all talking about how Scott Lang or Ant-Man was going to uh, get stuck or perish. Yeah. And I think if if that did happen, I think it would have had a little more weight to the character and it would have left, you know, with the... It would have left Cassie with like big shoes to fill, and uh, would have get, driven her character a little more, uh, given her character a little more depth to her. Yeah. Um, but I, when he came back, I was just kind of like, well, I mean, that whole that whole thing was kind of pointless. They just rescued the mom, and Ken got free because of it. Because of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, it's 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 one of those things where it's like I know it's a Marvel movie, and they want to set up the future of Marvel. And they're already been doing that since since the start of that movie. Well, essentially, with that movie starting, uh, the new phase. And I don't know. I I I agree with what you said. Uh, the movie was okay. The, some of the special effects were okay. I, 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 they weren't the best. Yeah, they had some spots where like they were it was really good. But then there's also some noticeable sections of that movie where like okay, this is like pretty half baked, and like you'd expect a little more from Marvel in terms of the quality of. Of product that they're delivering. Yeah, I, I I agree. But yeah, I I agree with your sentiment that this is towards the bottom uh, of my list as well too. Not the ultimate bottom, but one of the few bottom ones. Uh, but yeah, so that's our take on Ant Man. Let us know what you what you thought of Ant Man. Um, shoot us a message on our Instagram, um, or comment on our YouTube videos, or send us a send us some. Send, let us know what you thought of it. Uh, so we're going to jump right into the next movie and the next movie, uh, out of release, uh, was Shazam and this movie, uh, Shazam two fear of the gods. I personally enjoyed this movie. I thought this was a really good one. Um, it's a good popcorn muncher. The story was pretty cool. I mean, all these superhero movies have their, their good versus evil stories. And I mean, we can kind of anticipate by how much, how many we've seen. (laughs) And so we can kind of predict what's going to happen, but Mm-hmm. For me, Shazam, uh, it was a good watch. Uh, the special effects were really cool, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, seeing some of the cameos uh, from from Wonder Woman. I mean, we're, we we said at the beginning of Ant Man, there's gonna be spoilers, so we're just gonna kind of just let loose and just talk about the whole movie, okay? Uh, but seeing yes, Wonder sir. seeing Wonder Woman um, in this movie was pretty pretty cool, and seeing Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman one, once more is always a is always a treat, and I think she was one of the be- one of the like perfect castings in my opinion, and she you know she she brought a good uh, a good camera to this movie. Zachary Levi for me does a really good job as Shazam, um, and he's he he just brings a certain charisma to the character. Uh, but other than that, you know, um, it's one of those things too. Like we're 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 informed on what's going on like on the outside of the movies. And, you know, with the whole reset of the DC universe, um, this movie felt kind of, in a sense, pointless. Yeah. Like, to the whole overarching story, like, what they're trying to do is, like, a Marvel build a, build a universe, essentially. But if it's just a standalone movie, I think it holds its ground with both Shazam 1 and Shazam 2. Like, if it's its own self-contained thing, I think it would hold, it holds its value. And it's, like, 
the next step in Billy's uh, uh, growing up in a sense. Sure. Um, but what do you think, Lo? Yeah, I think I'm right there with you, Frank. Um, I think this movie, these two movies, I guess, in Sh- as the Shazam, you know, franchise as a whole, I think it does a pretty good job of being self-contained. Yes, it has cameos from other characters. Um, but for the most part, I mean, Wonder Woman's a pretty big one where, like, she physically appears. But we had other connective tissue in the form of, like, newspapers, like the Batarang, um, Superman coming in at the end, but even though it was just a headless cameo of the yeah. first one. Um, but yeah, this, I think this is a, it does a good job. Shazam 2 does a good job of being a fun movie. It's a good time at the movies. Um, my only big issue with this movie itself is I feel like there's a big disconnect between Asher Angel's Billy Batson and Zach Levi Shazam. I think Billy, uh, you know, Asher Angel really delivers a, beautiful performance as Billy and you have some really raw emotional moments between him and his foster family. And when, whenever we see Shazam, you know, Zach Levi's Shazam, it just feels like a completely different character to me. So it kind of took me out in moments. Um, there's a scene at the end towards the end of the movie when, you know, Billy finally accepts his foster family for, uh, as, as like his mom, uh, at the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, it's a very emotional moment, but then he turns into Shazam, and it's just like Zach Levi being, you know, goofy Zach Levi again. Like, it doesn't feel like there's, like, like okay, what happened here? I thought this guy was just, this kid was just crying, and now he's just, like, this happy old guy. I don't know. I felt, like, uh, almost out of place, but I also get from the fundamentals of the character. It's, like, he's meant to be, you know, fun and that kind of thing. So I, I, I just, for me personally, I think there was a little bit of a disconnect there, um, but I, I'm not going to dig on this movie. I mean, it's... It's a great time at the movies. If you haven't seen it and you have some time and you're a DC guy or a DC fan in general, I think you should watch it just to get, you know, more DC content in you. But I think overall, it's pretty good. It's right down the middle. Not super spectacular, but also not. It wasn't a bad movie. It was a good time. Yeah, to kind of give like a small preview of our rankings. Yeah, I I agree with you, Leo. Uh, It's right in the middle for me. And yeah, I have to agree. There were some moments where where the transformation, like, transitions are a little rough um but you know it it is what it is and i mean we're there for a good time and who who ever thought we'd see shazam or or uh, some people know captain marvel the real captain marvel right uh, on the big screen and so it was pretty cool let to alone see. two movies <laughs> yeah let alone two movies yeah i mean it's, it's always a really nice treat to see like all these other uh dc characters even though they're like c or d listers or b listers Get their own movies and get their stories told. Like, you know, we have Peacemaker. We have Doom Patrol. Um, what else did, What else did we have? We had Smallville in the past. And so all these movies and shows that have been made are just are just a treat for us DC fans. And just full disclosure, uh, Leo and I are both D- hardcore DC comic fans. We both grew up with uh, Superman and yep. all the Batman movies. And so we've... We followed more DC than, than Marvel. Yeah, so. our parents started us uh, on the, all the oldies, you know, all the classic movies and that kind of stuff. So we're grateful, even though we were born in, you know, in the 90s. Um, we are we experienced all of those 80s and 90s movies and like, you know, Robocop, Terminator, Alien, you know, Predator, yeah. uh, all those all those classic movies like Rocky and that kind of stuff. So our first introduction to superheroes, I think, was probably Christopher Reeves' uh, Superman and then also our first introduction to Batman 
was Michael Keaton's Batman. And That's those were right. big movies at the time when we were kids, and we really, you know, learned about DC through those two. And, you know, our, our obsession with those characters turned us into, you know, hardcore DC fans. We started exploring all these different uh, areas and comic books and that kind of stuff, and we started consuming all that DC content. Uh, don't get us wrong, we're big Marvel fans as well. Yeah. Uh, but it's just we we came from those beginnings of being a DC fan, so that's why we consider ourselves, you know, hardcore DC fans. That's right. And we're going to jump right into the next movie. And, and speaking of DC and Marvel, the next one's a Marvel movie, and we're going to be talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. All right, Leo, I did Shazam first. Now it's your turn to talk about Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, it's a, it's a a that's a great segue, Frank, because, I mean, the Guardians of the Galaxy... They're as D-list character as, as you can get you know, prior <laughs> to the release of the first one. Obviously, it was a smashing success. But honestly, like, be honest with yourself. Like, who knew about the Guardians of the Galaxy before, you know, the first one came out? Yep. Um, I didn't. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm right there with you, Frank. <laughs> but, man, this, this Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 was an amazing conclusion to James Gunn's trilogy for these characters. I was a massive fan of this movie. I think... The whole movie, the whole trilogy as a whole was fantastic. They did a great job of closing up several of these characters' stories. Um, it was very emotional. Like, I, I shed a tear in the theater. I don't know about you, Frank, but I, I shed a couple tears. Oh, I don't think there was a dry um, eye in that movie theater when we were watching this movie. Yeah, so this movie was really a deep dive on Rocket, and I think Bradley Cooper delivers one of the best performances he's had as as Rocket Raccoon uh, in the MCU as a whole, and... He just brought his A game to his voice acting on this one. I, I was a massive, massive fan of this movie. Um, I think Chris Pratt really delivers a, his best performance as Star-Lord, in my opinion. Um, just two fantastic performances there that really solidify this movie as my personal favorite of the year. Um, like, man, this movie, just all the combining factors, you know, the world design, the new characters introduced while simultaneously closing out some other characters' arcs. I think uh, James Gunn did a fantastic job of closing closing his book on this franchise. Um, I think we're still going to see some of these characters in the future, but for what he did with this with this trilogy and bringing the Guardians into you know mainstream media, it was overall fantastic. Yeah, I have to agree with you. That, I have to agree with you right there, Lil. Uh, this movie for me, too, is... Uh, there's one more movie that, that tops my list, but this is um, just a little sneak peek. This is my number two on my rankings. Um, but everything you said, the storytelling, the the, vo- the way they, the actors deliver the performances, it was just like utter perfection in my opinion. Um, this movie was just was just something else. And like Leo mentioned, this movie was it did get really emotional at one point, at some points in the movie, not one point, but some points in the movie. Um, I will caution, if you are an animal lover, be careful when you watch this movie. There are some uh, moments where it's a little rough. 100%. <laughs> and so if you are if you love animals, uh, I recommend either brave it and know what you're getting yourself into. Um, but if, you know, it's a really good watch and it's a really beautifully done movie. Um, and just like Lil mentioned, James Gunn was a, this is a guy that's, that told these stories for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And so, I mean, that's all I really have to say about these three movies about guardians, but I will say, I will add to this, that I am excited for what James Gunn is going to bring to the DC universe. I am very excited to see what's going to happen in the future. And yeah. hopefully more of these DC 
uh, products that we're going to get are just as beautiful and like awesome as Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yes, um, sir. I have uh, high expectations. <laughs> yeah, I and, mean, um, this was a great audition, honestly. Like, like I think uh, James Gunn got announced at some point during the filming of Guardians 3. Or it might have been after they were done, but obviously he got announced as the president uh, or co-CEO of DC Studios, and he's helming the you know, the, the studio as a whole for the new DCU coming forward. So uh, I think this was a great audition tape, if you want to call it that, for what he can do and the things he can, you know, bring out of D-listers, if if you want to call it. If you go through that route, obviously we're probably going to see a lot of those, you know, obscure characters coming in to this new DCU. Uh, we've already gotten quite a few casting announcements for the Superman Legacy movie. So I'm really, really hyped, Frank. I'm right there with you. I think yeah. I think James Gunn can deliver something special with his new DCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. But it'll just be a question of you know general audiences being accepting of these characters and that kind of thing. So time will tell to see how things go. But I'm really looking forward to the future. Yeah, and with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with the rest of the movies. This episode is brought to you by the Apex Pack Openings YouTube channel, where three friends have fun and rip open cards from all genres, from the latest Star Wars products to the hottest sports cards and to the latest and greatest Pokemon sets being released today. Go check the channel and enjoy all types of cards. And we're back. And big shout out to our sponsors for sponsoring today's episode. And so we've covered uh, three movies as of yet. As of now, we've covered Ant-Man, Shazam and Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. We got four more movies to go, and the next one is a Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Uh, I'm going to take, take the lead on this one first and just give my broader review of what I thought about this movie. And for me, this movie, it felt like what we call in the anime a filler movie. <laughs> and this movie was a base. I mean, it, it was a good movie. Don't get me wrong. The special effects, the way the movie um, was portrayed on the big screen was beautifully done. The animation for these movies with the Miles Morales story is just top-notch, in my opinion. It's just otherworldly at at times, too. And every single Spider-Man had, like, a unique art style to them. And uh, for me, this movie, like I mentioned, it felt like a filler episode. It's definitely like a world-building and leading up to the next movie that's going to come up uh, either next year or the following year. And, uh, you know, I'm excited to to see what's next just because... uh, Man, we we were left in suspense. Um, but you know, other than that, this movie for me, like, just give, give like a little slight teaser. It's right in the in the middle, the mid table for me. Um, but Lil, uh, what did you think of the movie? I mean, we, we might have different opinions here. Yeah, Frank. No, I thought this movie was really great. Um, the visuals are obviously phenomenal. Some of the best, you know, in the business. I mean, when the first one came out, it was like groundbreaking animation, never had been done before. And this movie really takes it up a notch. I think uh, the franchise itself prides itself on having this type of animation. Obviously, it's phenomenal. Some of the best you'll you'll ever see. And that's one of the huge strengths for this franchise and for this, this sequel. Overall, I thought the story was good. Mm-hmm. But it the movie itself left something to be desired for me. Like I, I felt a little, it kind of fell on its face at the end. I don't know if that really makes sense or not, but I, I, I just was expecting a little bit more of a, you know, a big ending. Um, obviously it, it cut off on a suspenseful, suspenseful part, but I mean, the action sequences were great. We had some good action scenes in there, but 
you know, towards the end, it was kind of just like, okay, like, is this really where we're ending? Like, like we've been in this theater for a while now, and it's like, what more can they do? You know, like, there's no big action scenes or anything like that. Like, what, what's what's going on here? Yeah. Um, and I, I think f- for this for this franchise in general, I think once the third one comes out, I'll have a bigger appreciation for this movie because, like you said, Frank, it does feel like a like a world building filler type of movie. Um, we see. We're we're setting we're setting the the chessboard so to speak. We're setting up all these pieces uh, for a big, you know, climactic finale. And honestly, I was just expecting something a little more, you know, of a, like something that will have like huge repercussions, that kind of thing. I guess I was just expecting a little bit more out of that movie in that regard. Mm-hmm. But overall, I mean, I really enjoyed it. I thought everything about the Spider Verse, you know, seeing all these characters was amazing. And like you said, all of these characters have unique artistic designs and I, I, all, the, all the worlds that we visited I thought was really cool. So I'm really excited for the third one and I think I'll have a, a bigger appreciation for this movie once the third one comes out. But at the moment, it's about middle of the park for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you, Leo. And that's it's a great movie. If you haven't seen it yet, go out and watch it. I definitely recommend it. Uh, there were some things uh, Leo's told me like that. In some areas, the movie was a little bit different, so there might be some uh, some people watched a different movie in a sense. Do you want to explain a little bit about that? Yeah, so there was like, so the directors and like some of the people that worked on the movie confirmed that there was different versions of the movie released to theaters. Um, so like, so I could have watched it in a specific place, and my buddy in a different state could have watched it, and we probably could have seen two different movies. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like fundamental you know, differences. It's just some scenes were different than others. And I think the digital one actually is a different one than we saw uh, in theaters, Frank. There's a couple of scenes that were different um, in that movie. I think there was one where he's like riding a horse. And in I think the one we saw, we didn't see that scene. So hmm. yeah, there's different versions of the movie out there. You might have, if you watch the one on digital or like if you bought it physically, it might be different if you can remember, you know, watching it in theaters. Um, <laughs> So yeah, just be on the lookout for that. I thought I thought that was just an interesting thing about that 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 movie that there was you know different different entire you know movies released to to theaters. So yeah, it's a very unique uh, unique way to uh, share a movie with the world. <laughs> but you know, Spider Man, middle of the park for both of us, and we're jumping into right to the next release, and that was be, that would be uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. And man, I have thoughts, Lou. And I'm a yep. Take the lead a little bit. Go for it. And I'm just going to be straight up about it. I'm not going to spend too much time talking about this because I thought it was trash. <laughs> this movie for me was just kind of uh, lackluster. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. The action sequences and the fight scenes were pretty awesome. I mean, who doesn't love a big explosion? Granted, this was not a Michael Bay movie, but it had some elements to it. Um, This movie for me just left me wondering, like, when does this take place? Is this a reboot? Or is this... What what's the whole does this tie into the other movies that we've seen of Transformers? Like what's going on here? Like I just I was left with questions and I was just kind of wondering, like, what's the thought process behind this movie, essentially? <laughs> um, but, you know, there was some there was some definitely some good moments out of the movie. Um, the character that they bring in, the Transformers they use, they were all pretty awesome. Um, I mean, who doesn't love Optimus Prime? I mean, that's one of the reasons why I personally went to go see it. <laughs> he gives a good speech. Um, but 
you know, this is this was a, a unique movie, definitely bringing in different Transformers from different eras in the cart and from the cartoon shows, actually. Um, and but you know, this movie for me, I'm gonna give away my ranking. This is at the very bottom. <laughs> but uh, what do you think, Leo? What do you think of the movie? Yeah, I think so. Overall, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of this movie just from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought there was a lot of good elements to this movie, but you know, as a as a whole, it was definitely subpar um there was really good action sequences there's a lot of good cgi in this movie like they you can tell that they spent their time developing the cgi making sure everything looked good Uh, a couple of standouts for me i thought pete davidson did a really really good job as jazz um and then obviously optimus prime who doesn't love optimus um fantastic job there Uh, but overall i feel like the human characters were like okay the story was you know, okay at best. <laughs> it wasn't the best, in my opinion. Uh, felt pretty, pretty basic. Um, it's a good popcorn muncher. You know, if you like the Transformers franchise and you want to watch some action, like I, I think that that also that'll fulfill your needs. Um, but yeah, it was a really, really weird. I mean, I'm right there with you, Frank. Like, when does this take place? Like, is this connected to the previous ones, or is it like a direct sequel? Like, what's going on there? And then also there's like a weird G.I. Joe cameo at the end. I was like, okay. Yeah, I was not expecting that for personally. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, they're both Hasbro, so it makes sense there. But, I mean, I, it was just like completely out of left field, and I was not expecting that whatsoever. So if you're a fan of G.I. Joe and you want to see a cameo at the end, go watch this movie. But, yeah, overall, I, this was my least favorite movie of the year so far. So far. So, yeah, um, yeah those are that's my thoughts on Transformers, Rise of the Beasts. Yeah, and just to give a little bit of a... Like a little tidbit as well. Transformers and G.I. Joe did have crossovers, but these crossovers happened long ago. These were like when the first when Transformers uh, was first starting to come out and be really popular here in the in the States. And, you know, they did have those crossovers then. And so maybe they're just trying to promote that maybe more more like a I think it might be like a more of a Hasbro marketing. Like we're going to develop more toys, essentially. And get the the younger right. get the younger <laughs> kids to be more excited about GI Joe and Transformers once again, and maybe even those hardcore collectors that you know that loved the toys as a kid be able to collect um, those toys once again, and just get them excited about that. I mean, for for me personally, I mean, I do collect every now and then. I do collect some nice Power Ranger figures or some nice Power Ranger morphers. Um, but you know, I think it's one of those those little gimmicks that Hasbro is trying to induce into its audiences. 100%. But you know it's it is what it is. Again, Transformers movie, Rise of the Beast, uh, one out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know it is what it is. If you if you got nothing else to watch and you're just trying to find something to watch, find something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, now, if you're a Transformers fan, you can definitely watch this. Like, yeah. it's, it's not it's not horrible, but it's also not great. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Yeah. So. Other than that, we're gonna jump into the next the next movie, and that after Transformers, uh, it was The Flash, and The Flash. Leo, I mean another DC DC movie here, and uh, what'd you think of the movie? Yeah, so I think this movie overall was was pretty good. Um, CGI, you know, it was fifty fifty. There were some scenes that were like really well done. You could tell they really worked on it, but. There was a more than a fair share of scenes where you could tell, like, oh man, like these are kind of underbaked. Like, what's going on? Like, is this like, am I actually watching this right now, or is this like still being developed at the studio? That kind of thing. Um, 
But overall, like in terms of the story, I think it does a good job of setting up the the reasoning for Barry to go back in time, you know, save save his mom. Um, and then we obviously come back to the present time or quote unquote present time mm-hmm. um, to Man of Steel timing and for in terms of the DCEU. And, you know, we find everything in disarray. It's like everything's wrong, that kind of thing. Um, there, I thought there was a lot of good action sequences and we get to see, obviously, spoilers for those of you who haven't seen it, but General Zod and mm-hmm. Veora and all those characters from Man of Steel come back. Um, I thought they, I felt they were pretty underutilized. It felt like that whole, you know, third act was, was, it zoomed by. And I thought they kind of underutilized Zod a little bit. And some of the action I think could have been a little bit better in that third act. Uh, but overall, the first story, like the first two arcs or yeah, the first two acts of this movie, I thought were really good. Um, I thought Sasha Kaya did a really fantastic job as Supergirl. Oh yeah. Uh, I was really a big fan of that character and how they introduced her into the story. And then obviously Michael Keaton, we, we grew up on him and uh, it was really cool seeing him back. Um, it just feels like the, you know, all these studios nowadays are pushing for that nostalgia grab felt a little bit like that, but it was also really cool to see him, you know, back on screen. So I'm not complaining, uh, but it just, you could tell like a lot of these movies nowadays are pushing towards that nostalgia feel and appeal uh, for putting people in seats. So uh, we'll see what the future brings for DC, but I mean, I think this movie is bogged down a little bit just for the simple fact that, you know, it's it's getting rebooted. The whole DCU is going to get a reboot. So it feels kind of like, like, okay, like this movie doesn't really matter anymore. Um, so I think the movie itself gets bogged down a little bit, but you know, overall, I thought I, I had a really good time. There's some really nice emotional scenes there between Barry and his mom and, and his dad as well. Um, so yeah, middle of the park for me, pretty solid. Yeah, I have to agree with everything you said, Leo. Yeah, definitely the underutilization of Zod. I mean, he could have been the big bad in that movie. And I heard you say Zoom. I think that was a little pun intended right there. Um, but, you know, this movie, again, The Flash, it was a really good movie. Definitely a nostalgia grab. And some moments, especially when... Spoilers. I'm going to give that warning one more time. <laughs> uh, but when especially when Barry's, uh, I think, time travels for the... I think either the first or the second time where we see the whole multiverse... Yeah, I, think, I think that was like the probably the well technically it was it was in the end like towards the end yeah. when they're in that big action scene but yeah we, yes. we see those all those characters yeah seeing the whole dc you know past universe or past multiverse or past movies and seeing that multiverse kind of be showcased it was it was a really nice uh showcasing of like where we've been from dc and where we're at now and i thought that was a pretty cool and unique way um, but for me, some of those, some of those cameos were just kind of like, when did this happen? Or seeing this character, um, seeing, uh, the George Clooney Batman at the end, I was just kind of like, okay, but I do have to agree with you though. Like the whole, like this feels like a big reset and you know, the way the DC just transitioned, it just felt like the movie was kind of pointless. Yeah. Um, and I think just to jump in there, Frank, yeah. I think this movie for DC and the new regime, obviously with with James Gunn and, and Peter Safran, um, I think this movie could have been a massive opportunity for them to, you know, completely reset the DCU. Um, obviously, timings didn't really quite work out. This movie has been, you know, in development for a decade now, <laughs> um, and finally, it made it to the big screen. 
And I just think this movie, if they had maybe pushed it back just a a tad to get that full-on reset and, you know, start fresh with either Blue Beetle or, you know, Superman Legacy, um, I think things could have worked out maybe a little bit better in terms of, you know, casual audiences being like, oh, okay, this is what happens. We're in a completely new universe now. Now let's move forward and forget about the past. Um, but it wasn't quite like that. You, you get Obviously, you see George Clooney, and it's like kind of like out of left field. You're like, okay, yeah. this is kind of weird now. <laughs> it really was out so, of left field. Yeah. You know, but other than that, you know, that's all I have to say. You took the the words right out of my mouth, Lil. I agree with everything you said, and, you know, it, this was an – this was a if you just want to watch like a another good like decent movie this is one of those um and yeah so I, flash same for me middle of the park um like you mentioned setting up for new movies uh the next one our final movie for the day is a uh, blue beetle and man i really enjoyed this movie uh so this movie for me though this is my number one i gave a little spoiler earlier i think i believe i gave a little spoiler earlier but this <laughs> well, I mean, movie, it is now it is, yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> but this movie was it has a special place in my heart now um this is up there in terms of like my all-time favorite movies now uh, but this movie uh really represented um our culture well Leo and I were uh, Hispanics, and so this movie was really cool to be able to see a Latino superhero on the big screen, of all places, and seeing like a, a the big majority of the cast also be you know Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, or whatever you identify as. Um, it was a really unique experience to see this movie. It was a very beautiful. Uh, they encapsulated the culture uh, really well, in my opinion, and they showed what you know what family means to us as Latinos. Um, and I thought it was great. The special effects were done well. The story, I mean, I mean, it's your good versus evil. So it was, you can kind of expect here things here and there, but this movie was really well done. The animation was good. The characters were really good and they, it, it sets up for quite a few, hopefully it sets up, um, even more DC appearances. I mean, I saw a news report today that, that Cholo, the, the main actor who played Blue Beetle is going to be returning. So I'm excited to see more of Blue Beetle in the big screen, and I'm looking forward to what the future of DC is going to be looking like. Yes, sir. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you, Frank. I think this movie was phenomenal. Um, like you said, I think that inclusivity of having a, a Hispanic or Latino superhero on the big screen, like I wouldn't think we would be there, but you know, here we are. <laughs> this yeah. movie was was fantastic. I, I really, really love this movie. Um, you know, great visuals. The story is really good, but it is a little predictable. That's the only knock I have on the movie. Um, you know, the, the but the inclusivity aspect for me was amazing. I think Cholo Maridueña, uh, George Lopez, <laughs> two standout characters, as well as uh, Bruna Marquezine as uh, Jenny Cord. I think they're really the standouts. And don't forget the grandma. The, the family itself was a great supporting cast. I mean, uh, Jaime's family was they they were all brilliantly cast. I think they all did a great job. There's yeah. some really emotional scenes in this movie, and I think all of those actors did a fantastic job. Uh, but really, it's like a love letter to the Mexican or Hispanic culture. I, I thought it was fantastic. You know, I. I we saw uh, cameos of a character named El Chapolin Colorado. I mean, yes, spoilers. Uh, yes, sorry, sorry for the spoiler. The original <laughs> Mexican uh, superhero. Yeah, the 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 superhero that our parents grew up with, and so yes, it sir. was a uh, really unique. It was really awesome to see that character on the big screen. 
And I mean, he has a special place in my heart too. Yeah. So I think that pretty much wraps up what we thought of each movie. So Frank, let's uh, hear your rankings. All right. So my rankings for these movies, uh, I'm going to start, I'm going to start from seven and work my way up. So at the bottom of the list, I have Transformers Rise of the Beast. Um, number six, Ant-Man Quantum Mania. Number five, The Flash. Four, Shazam. Three, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. And of course, number one being Blue Beetle. Well, what are your rankings, though? Yeah, um, I'm, I've, we've got a pretty similar list, honestly. Um, so down at number seven, I've got Transformers, you know. We, we debated including this movie or not, so it kind of makes sense that it's down there. In yeah. <laughs> um, at number six is Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. In at number five, for me, is uh, Shazam, Fury of the Gods. Uh, number four is The Flash. Uh, number three is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Number two is Blue Beetle. And my favorite movie of the year, number one for me, is Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 3. Nice. And so, yeah, I mean, these are our movies. These are our opinions. And so we hope you guys have enjoyed today's podcast. Uh, please check out our socials. And we have a lot of uh, exciting stuff coming going on with the uh, Apex Perspective. And, of course, with the Apex Pack Openings channel on our YouTube page. Uh, make, make, be sure to check out updates on the Instagram. And without further ado, I mean, wherever you're at, I hope you take care. And I hope you keep on smiling. And we'll see you on the next one.